Prior to 9-11, the World Trade Center was attacked by a Ryder truck bomb. 1993, killed scores of people, did not take the tower down. And it was never really referenced after 9-11. They kept referencing Pearl Harbor instead of a previous attack by terrorists on the exact same target or one of the same targets was the World Trade Center. And sort of the mastermind there ended up being Ramzi Youssef, who is, uh, would be related to some of the people involved in planning September 11th. I just lost your video. As long as I can hear you is all that matters. Well, there you are. <laughs> I give up on this tech stuff. No one's looking at our faces. They just want to see the, uh, they just want to listen to what we're saying. So anyway, then, you know, he had plots about or plans to hijack airliners before he got caught. He didn't get caught right after the 93 bombing. You know, he was in the Philippines. He attacked a plane going to Japan and so on. But there were plans saying that they wanted to hijack a number of airplanes and crash them into U.S. targets. But getting to the attack they did pull off, which was a car bomb parked in the parking garage of the World Trade Center, there is a, a little bit of... Um, mysterious activity because the FBI actually had a mole inside the cell I believe they're going to blame on the Muslim Brotherhood at that time that was informing them hey they're building a bomb they're going to attack this target and there were other targets they had in mind but they settled on the World Trade Center and yet the FBI never swooped in to arrest them or even worse to prevent the bombing from taking place which never really made sense so I thought we could elaborate on that a bit more, uh, maybe even going back to the uh, the con shooting where they had a box of documents that were in plain Arabic, not even in code that they just never read or translated for some reason. Or where where would you like to start with it? I think the Ryder truck bomb is the most interesting that the fact that they had a mole inside the cell and it's unexplained why they didn't just arrest them there on the spot the only explanation I've heard as well they were trying to get him to continue on up the ladder to the blind shake and get him instead um, mm. what have you heard or do you concur with those thoughts no it's nothing I disagree with but I think the best uh, bet to start with is the uh, assassination of the venerable uh, leader of the JDL uh, um, Rabbi Americano he actually is assassinated by El Sayed Nocer, and uh, allegedly there was two people that were with him, but they were downstairs, and it was uh, allegedly Ahmed Judge, who actually is a uh, uh, Israeli asset, uh, trying to counterfeit U.S. dollars in a in a Jerusalem um, graveyard, and uh, another individual, but we don't know who that individual was, and supposedly he's supposed to be waiting in a cab was Mahmoud Abelian, an Egyptian, but um, he actually had to move because it was traffic. So they, they catch El Sayed Nusayef after a shootout, and basically they find out who he is. But incidentally enough, they, he's in the same hospital as Rabbi Mayor Kahana, but Kahana dies, and El Sayed Nusayef lives. He gets shot uh, in a shootout with a postal officer. But the but the Joint Terrorism Task Force in New York actually go to El Sayed Nusayef's house and it's in New Jersey. And they find these uh, incriminating documents 
boxes of like documents and videos and uh, cassettes of Omar, uh, Omar Abdel Rahman, the blind sheikh, and the co-leader of the Gemma Islamia Egyptian sect that's uh, responsible for, or partly responsible for the assassination of Anwar Sadat in 1980. And what they find in this house is a freaking overwhelming amount of uh, stuff that incriminates a larger conspiracy of like radical fundamentalists. And what happens? Well, basically, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, uh, Louis Napoli, basically says before a throng of reporters, well, so the works of a, a lone nut, nut job. Meanwhile, they had documents from Fort Bragg, in which came from another Egyptian uh, former military officer who was actually uh, training at the U.S. Uh, station in Fort Bragg in North Carolina, and his name is Ali Muhammad. Uh, Ali Muhammad's a triple agent, an agent for the CIA and FBI and uh, Omar Abdel Rahman and Osama bin Laden. And Wait, the you CIA said CIA him. already. Yeah, yeah the CIA... <laughs> Getting old is fun. No, I was I was making a joke that when you're talking about the blind shake and Osama, I'm like, wait, you already said CIA. (laughs) Yeah, no, dude, that's right, that's right, because blind shake actually gets in the country on a watch list through the CIA, giving him his uh, uh, U.S. visa. Well, a lot of people had that fast track program out of Jeddah. We're getting ahead of ourselves to 9/11, but anyway, get back to 93. So yes. they find all these documents that basically they base the FBI takes control and says, uh, well, the pressure was on New York Joint Terrorism Task Force. And James Fox, the, I think the assistant director at the time, uh, basically said, well, there's no large conspiracy. It was the work of a lone gunman, uh, which is untrue because it leads back to the Al Farouk Mosque and the Al, uh, Masjid Al Salam in New Jersey, which the blind sheikh was an uh, imam at both uh, mosques and had had been uh, heavily uh, funded uh, through Operation Cyclone, which is a CIA operation that started during the Afghan-Soviet War in 1980. And basically, this was known to the agency as being a hotbed for radical fundamentalists. And they, uh, they, they financed were- radical madrasas uh, throughout the world, really with that because we'd later pop up again in the in the Balkans and other areas but Sibyl Edmonds has talked a lot about that where you will get some of these future ISIS members would come out of this program as well yeah the former for a lot of these a lot of these groups like Al-Qaeda right and, and Islamic State they start off as really small uh, organizations, but they're led by form, either former military officers, like with Al-Qaeda. A lot of the Egyptians there, like Abu Abid al-Banshiri, Abu Hafsa al-Masri, Abu Haraj al-Iraqi, Ali Muhammad, they're all Egyptian. They all served in either the, the military or the police corps. And that's what actually gave them the military committees and did with the Islamic State it was basically the former Baathists in Iraq that had Sunni leanings. And they basically joined because the United States, you know, liquidated under L. Paul Bremer, the Iraqi Provisional Order Number One and Two, which liquidated the, the military and police force. And what happened? Anarchy. And I happen to think that, you know, they knew what they were doing and basically, you know, create a vacuum for fundamentalists. You know, that's what the state usually likes to um, uh, antagonize and use and facilitate to their own uh, political and geopolitical agendas. But I mean, with the with these guys in New Jersey and New York, you know, it wasn't new. I mean, the you know, not only did the FBI know about these people, the CIA knew who these people were, 
And, you know, depending on who you listen to, I mean, there's very few people I would recommend, but there's evidence, a lot of evidence to show that the 93 World Trade Center body could have been stopped way ahead of time, only because the Joint Terrorism Task Force didn't want to do their job and basically travel where Ramsey Youssef was going because they ordered a warehouse in New Jersey, I think it was called Space Bar or SpaceX Warehouse, where they were storing the chemicals for the bomb that was going to be used in the World Trade Center. Initially, El Said Nocer, why I brought this up, El Said Nocer was talking with uh, the, the person that you were talking about before, Imad Salem, the FBI informant, and basically was telling him about a plan to bomb numerous uh, Jewish neighborhoods and landmarks in the United States. And he asked Imad Salem, you were in the military, do you know how to make bombs? And he said, yeah. And so he, they were on the way making small bombs. But then all of a sudden, the uh, uh, Carlos Dunbar, who basically is acting as Nancy Floyd's handler. Nancy Floyd is the FBI agent in charge of uh, in charge of Emad Salem. But Carlos Dunbar wanted Emad Salem to wear a wire because he wanted him to testify against Omar Abdel Rahman and the others. And he refused. He said, I don't want to wear a wire, blah, blah, it caused a big shake. Dunbar got jealous and basically said, you know what? I'm cutting I'm cutting him off as a confidential informant. There was a big argument between him and Emad Salem. Salem left. So now Salem has to basically leave the group, too. And so he tells Mahmoud Abelima, who's a, uh, uh, a bodyguard of Rahman at times, and he's also a member of the al Mosque, and he tells him that, I think the police are following me. And so Mahmoud Abelima and others tell him, all right, lay low, stay away from the sheikh and the mosques. So he does, and he gets us out. Now he's out. So now there's no informant. So now the Joint Terrorism Task Force New York has to do their job, basically, you know, uh, travel and monitor these people, and they don't. And the two people that don't is John Antisep and Louis Nabley. So instead of going to New Jersey, which a lot of FBI agents later came out after the bombing and said they, they could have done that. That's what a wiretap and monitoring operation does. But they didn't even do that. I don't know why they didn't do that. So, you know, this leads into a lot of speculation, but... Who knows why they didn't do it? Meanwhile, they have to replace Imad Salem. So they replace him with Ramzi Youssef. Ramzi Youssef goes through Pakistan uh, uh, officials. He travels with Ahmed judge, who basically was arrested a year prior for counterfeiting dollars. He's accosted by the Israeli Mossad and basically says, um, you're doing three years, but you can, you can have your way out if you work with us and basically infiltrate uh, Hezbollah. And he does. He basically plays a radical fundamentalist, which he wasn't. He was never a radical fundamentalist. Mm -hmm. He owned a, a place in Houston, Texas, uh, and basically got a job there. And he was basically a moderate. And basically he had to play this fundamentalist role. Now, we could speculate say he's still playing this role. I happen to think so. But I have no evidence to show for it. So be careful with that. So he joins Ramsey Youssef. They come to the United States. Ahmed Judge is accosted by uh, uh, immigration officials. They look at his passports, all fake, and has his picture superimposed on another another person's face. Comes off, and they hold him. And inside his luggage is basically, you know, a plethora of like incriminating evidence to show that he's this crazy radical bomber and has these bomb-making manuals. Has a document that says Al Qaeda on it which actually would predate the organization thereof. A pretty interesting document because it goes back to 1982. And according to the CIA and the United States federal government, Al-Qaeda was created in 87. And we know that through the Harmony documents that mm -hmm. are public now. Bin Laden's 
memoirs and writings. And it's also the journal of Al-Qaeda. And so we know they were created in 87. What's this doing in 82? Anyway, he gets a costume. Ramsey Youssef says, I'm an Iraqi dissident and I want to apply for asylum. So the jails are overwhelmed, like holding pens. So he's actually walking free. He gets out. He's shocked. He can't believe it. So he leaves LaGuardia. Um, I'm sorry, JFK. He comes outside. There's a cab outside. It's a Pakistani. And basically gives him a ride for free because he has no money at this point. So he gives him a ride free all the way to Al-Fruq Mosque. Just happens to be a nice guy. Give him a ride. Mm -hmm. So he goes to Al-Fruq Mosque and right away works with Rahman. And only him and Rahman allegedly know about the target of the bombing that they're going to use. And it's the World Trade Center. Nobody knows about this. Think only about that audible they just pulled. The man he's with pictures slipping off his passport, right? So mm -hmm. they have to act on it. But they're like, no, no, the jail's full. You get to go out and don't worry. Someone is going to take you to the mosque. And then you, I mean, what an audible. <laughs> and and there's, up, right? there's quite a tie between Ramsey Youssef and the Israelis too. We'll get to that in a second. But all right, anyway, continue on. So. He knows the target. There was. They also thought about hitting the uh, the UN building, and that got called off because it would hurt the uh, other Arab members as well. And they called yeah, off the bombing of Jewish neighborhoods as well, because that's just civilians. But that they, came later in the landmarks plot. All that came later at the follow up to the night three bombing. Um, what happened was Yusuf actually uh, works with members of the mosque. They they ordered this warehouse. The warehouse is, is in this uh, a place called SpaceX or Space Bar or something like that. It's a, a storage facility. So they rented in Mohammed Salome's name. He's a Mohammed Salome is a young, uh, I think he's a Palestinian. He basically is just like this really menial, you know, like almost dumb uh, person and a very simple body. He's a terrible driver. I don't know why they picked him to drive around. He crashes. There's one story where he actually is driving with Ramsey Yusuf. He crashes and Yusuf's in the hospital for like a week. And I'm like, why do they even have him in this group? Anyway, he rents the, the the warehouse under his name. They order these chemicals. And there's a lot of like these chemicals of like urea nitrate, ammonium nitrate, uh, sulfuric acid, and uh, like a whole bunch of like these items. And meanwhile, this is really important. Yusuf, who's a, you know, a bomb maker, is actually in contact while he's building a bomb with Ahmed Ajaj. Ahmed Ajaj is calling from the holding pal uh, It's going Actually, it's going through a restaurant that Ajaj used to be a delivery food driver for. I think it was a pizzeria or something like that. Anyway, they knew who Ajaj was, and they would patch the, the phone and the messages to him. And Ajaj is telling Yusuf how to build a bomb. Remember what Ajaj, who Ajaj basically was working for initially, okay? But keep that in mind, you know, but keep that in mind. Anyway, they build this hu humongous urea nitrate bomb. Um, and it's basically in canisters. Like, it was like six or eight canisters. And it's all wired into one, like, huge fuse. And basically, they load up the truck on um, February, was it February 26th? And basically, they drive. And up until this point, nobody knows where they're going. Right. A job now, wasn't the right? uh, address for that rider truck goes back to Josie Hadass. Yeah. Now, now we're talking to nitty gritty. So, OK. OK, well, I'll, I'll get ahead. I'm getting ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Um, let's let's go back a little bit. Right. Because this is important. And something that's <laughs> Usually people really... reel me in. I'm reeling you in. 
<laughs> so Muhammad Solomon. See, me, me and you can talk, but like high pace, but it's going to go, you know, I'm trying to slow it down for, for people no, who weren't alive in the nineties. So. I know. Um, Salome actually is renting an apartment in Jersey City, and the address is 34 Kensington Avenue. And, I, and people are going to say, well, what, you know, why is this a big deal? It, it is a big deal, believe me. You have Salome, to have an address to rent a truck. You have to get them something, right? right? That's and right. And now tell them why right. it's a big deal, a major big deal. <laughs> because the landlord of this apartment, his name is Josie Hadass. Now, to a lot of people listening, they're probably saying, why is this a big deal? Because <laughs> Josie Hadass is an Israeli Mossad asset, right? So what, how do we know this? Because later on after the bombing, was found out the Joint Terrorism Task Force did a background check on Josie Hadass and kept it quiet. That's, that's why. So Josie Hadass basically tells Salome to drive her around. You know, uh, there was one time where he rented... Now, she, by the way, she rented this apartment, right, on Christmas Day in 1992. Just two months short of the uh, three months short of the bombing, by the way, and she just like and all this is nefarious. It's just play. It's just really it's stunning when you think about it. Anyway, he drives around and just like uh, like twenty seven days before Philip Zach starts stealing anthrax from Fort Detrick. Yeah, it's all. By the way, there's no coincidences in, in something like this. I'm sorry, <laughs> there could be, but I'm I'm more of a uh, you know, well, I can pop that because remember, somebody this is getting ahead to September 11th, but after the anthrax attack, uh, the first anthrax is mailed September 18th, and a couple of days later, some which means it hasn't been opened yet or anything, somebody sent a letter warning the Justice Department that and the FBI that uh, that uh, Ayat Assad had, was the one that stole anthrax because the same Egyptian co worker that the camel club had been harassing and why they got fired. Well, how'd you know there was even any anthrax being mailed? None of it had That's been opened right. yet. So it's like, right. and then you, and this guy's on tape, Philip Zachariah is on tape stealing anthrax, going back to work after he'd been fired after hours. And there's missing samples of gain of function anthrax. So anyway, um, hardcore Zionist, by the way, as is Miriam Rippy who work with him and let him in the lab. Um, I'll do that. I'll do the anthrax on my own, but I'm just saying this yeah. is the timing goes along with when they are renting these trucks and apartments to uh, terrorists, you know, who pulled off this bombing all by themselves, despite an FBI informant being pulled off the trail, despite Ramsey Youssef should have been arrested right there in the airport and gets away. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you, somebody mm. rents them and gives them address so they can get the truck you know <laughs> they will not go look at them when they're in new jersey at the i keep thinking star labs from the flash but the space bar or whatever <laughs> like so many yeah. screw-ups in a row well they could just be the three stooges running the show that's kind of what we have now but no all right so yeah i mean uh, yeah but you know we have like as was you know like careful researchers you know yeah, we have. To, it, we can make the argument, me and you, basically saying that, you know, foreign intelligence basically knew what was going to happen and basically allowed it to happen for, you know, the greater geopolitical goals, right? That that's not irrational to think. I mean, that's probably going to be the truth, all right? We just don't have, like, documents saying, yeah, I'm Israeli Mossad and I knew this. That, that, it doesn't work like that. Well, right? Why would they let so, Josie go? Like, you know what yeah, I mean? I, like, Right, yeah. You know, there was a cop. 
and Nelson always corrects me on it because I always forget the guy's name. I think his name is Provenzano or something like that. And uh, Nelson's listening. He's probably shaking his head. I, I'm old. What do you want from me? Anyway, <laughs> I, I wanted Nelson on this too, and but I, know. I, don't, I don't have. But, I have only a few hours before I go on F and right. F. So, <laughs> so yeah, he so he says uh, you know to I think it was uh, some press publication in Jersey basically says even if even if Josie Adas was like uh, an Israeli asset, we wouldn't tell you. <laughs> Why not? I think that's a big deal, wouldn't you? I mean, I want to know if there's foreign intelligence who is monitoring these radical fundamentals, who, by the way, the Joint Terrorism Task Force is basically saying to us, oh, there is none. It's a little work of a lone gunman that killed rapper America. There's no, there's no radical fundamental cell. Meanwhile, there's one right under the noses of the CIA and FBI in Brooklyn and New Jersey, and they know they're here. So why is this being kept from us? Anyway, so they built the, the bomb. The Khan they, cell, too, goes back to the machine gunning and 29 Palestinians, whether at prayer and a that really kicked off the intifada da, 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 da. that's a whole can of worms just sort of before somebody points that out i know okay we're just focusing on the trade center bond right so <laughs> believe me this could be a branch out effect that leads to like a thousand different things too so we're trying to keep it simple well plenty but, um, of things in egypt itself with the mb or muslim brotherhood yep. yeah oh, forget it i mean there's a huge link here with 9 11 and 93 egypt is right in the middle of it you know so they, they drive the truck. It's in B2 level at the North Tower. And basically, um, I don't know if they ever did any security scouting or where they're going to, you know, what was the best target. I think they just drove it down there and basically wanted what, what Yusuf wanted basically was to have the, the basement levels uh, compromised in the hopes of having the North Tower slam into the South Tower and both towers crumble to Lower Madden. And according to Yusuf, he wanted to kill at least anywhere between 50 to 55,000 people. And, you know, probably would have came close to about half of that maybe, or, you know, close to it anyway. But um, the bomb goes off, causes huge damage. It, you know, uh, the low, part of Lower Madden near Church and Vesey Street, no elect electricity. It Smoke was all the way up to the, like, the North Tower's roof and the South Tower got smoke and stuff. Over a thousand people were injured. Six people died, and Yusef got so mad at the fact that only six people died, he actually called in and basically said that um, uh, we're the People's Liberation Front, and you know we're, you know, the first thing he says is basically we're doing this in the name of uh, the United States' illegal war in Iraq in the first Gulf War, and uh, can't throw this in there, uh, Israel's treatment of the Palestinians. Nothing about you know, women wearing short skirts, nothing about any, you know, Salafi teachings or whatnot. You know, these Wahhabi uh, Salafis, religious uh, yeah. code of ethics and honor. Nothing about It's all about politics, right? They're telling you why they're doing this, right? So anyway, he escapes, goes to Pakistan, and now the fun begins, right? Salome, you know, the, the Dofus, right? The Dofon of the group. He actually goes back to the rider truck uh, uh, warehouse to get his security deposit. But because the FBI and the Joint Terrorism Task Force were investigating the 93 bombing, they happened to just find the axle of the truck and get the VIN number. And it's traced back to the warehouse of the riding truck in which Salome uh, rented the truck. It's in his own name. And basically, they actually go to the warehouse before he gets there. And he, you know, they're playing the part of like, uh, 
the warehouse employees. Meanwhile, they're FBI agents, and they're all outside the truck with machine guns hiding. Salome goes there, and he basically asks for his security deposit. Now, the cop, in his own admission, is stringing him along because he's having fun. Meanwhile, on the radio, the cop's like, the fuck are you doing? You know, arrest him already. You know, just, so they're haggling over price, saying, <laughs> yeah, we, we can give you 300 but we're going to give you 150 Salome needs 200 to his to leave because he has no mind to escape the country. You know, Yousef, Abolima goes to Egypt. Yousef goes to Pakistan. Nidali, they're all gone, right? <laughs> Salome finally walks out with 100 bucks. He thinks he's leaving. Meanwhile, they arrest him. And what they find is the application had an address and a phone number leading back to Josie Hadass. So now they're like, all right, who's this? Who's Josie Hadass? Well, they find out who Josie Hadass was. Is she in the apartment at 34 Kensington? Nope. Long gone. So they do a background check. And they find out that this woman is a Mossad agent, Mossad asset, right? Israeli Mossad agent. But it's covered up. I mean, it's reported in the days afterwards, but soon or late, like two weeks later, you never heard of her again until much later with the advent of the internet and basically, you know, menial information about her is out there, but it's out there. But why is that covered up? Well, I mean, it's just like with with 9-11 attacks. I mean, why in the Israeli angle is, why is that, why is that covered up, right? Because they would rather not have their own allies being known to the public as being either the provocateurs or people with with um, foreknowledge about an event that Israel was doing what the FBI often does. It finds some dopey patsy and encourages them to yeah. do some terrorist act, something stupid, and then <clears throat> that's what they're doing. Yeah, basically, look, it's not like, also, too, it's not like they and did. It's not like the U.S. didn't know. They, they were yeah, like, they were aware. Right. Look, but these the guys U.S. can't do it themselves. They don't have enough Arabic speakers and all that. Like, they need yeah. 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 Look, they don't need to create these people. They're already there, and right, and they cover for them, and they, so in other words, they allow them to do their action, and then they come and then they manipulate the act too to do that. So in other words, it's successful. Ninety-three bomber could have been stopped. You you mentioned Ramsey Yusuf could have been arrested at the end, but exactly right. You could have they never could have gotten arrested. a visa in the first place. You never. Like a lot of them, a lot of the nine eleven hijackers, same thing. What was this? Exactly. Springman, Springfield, who was the guy in Jetta? Mike Spring. Yeah, he couldn't believe it. It was like, what? What are you doing? I mean, uh, was it Al Mithar was in the USS Cole bombing? He still got to live openly in California. <laughs> Saudi no, agents are giving him an apartment. <laughs> yeah, Omar Bayoumi's buying him, buys him uh, his first month's rent. Yeah. Some of Hassan lives across the street. Uh, they had to know. And, that, you know, they denied that they knew that they went to that Al-Qaeda summit meeting in Malaysia, but then it was the Bradley Manning leaks that proved otherwise about KSM. It's yeah, well, not only that, you know, later on, you have the Operation Encore files that showed that, you know, there was actually a mole inside the mosque, the King Fahd Mosque in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. which basically, you know, they overheard a phone call from Malaysia even before the meeting was starting. And this is coming from a confidential source in the Operation Encore files. And they basically said, tells the FBI that he overheard a phone call, and the phone call was coming from a Taufik Benatash, whose whose name is Khalad, who's currently in Guantanamo Bay, and he's the alleged mastermind of the U.S.'s gold bombing. And he tells 
Fahad Otomeri, the imam of the King Fahbaz, to expect two brothers. To and that brother. never made sense why the USS Cole was even there and didn't go to Bahrain where it was supposed to and how Al-Qaeda knew it was going to stop there and da 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 That's another it's can not, of worms. Yeah. yeah. It's not like they, look, Yemen And the, and the CIA had country. eyes on them. It was like at the Malaysia meeting. It wasn't just phone calls and things. Right. They had eyes. And they didn't tell the FBI, it, you know, a little, the only excuse I can think of is, and this is a bit true if you talk to people, the CIA, the FBI, and even different field offices within the FBI kind of compete with each other on who can nab what all big fish. And so they don't share information. And that's petty as hell, but that is a, a real thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just like yeah. the different branches of the military compete for budget, right? Air Force, right, Navy. Right. That's, a great that's a big... Yeah. That's a real deal, and you're talking, you know, billions sometimes. Look, there had to be a different F-35 for everybody. Hey, everybody gets one. Right? <laughs> Maybe yeah, needs exactly. them. So, I mean, it's there's a s systemic problem there with competition between the different agencies, which is just stupid because your your job is to stop terrorism. You know, you need yeah. to work together. But anyway. Uh, I don't believe that's what it was, though. I mean, they weren't sharing information because the whole point was the counterintelligence officers working and managing terrorism as they did before 9-11 and after 9-11. And we saw that in Afghanistan. We saw that in Syria. So I, part of me wants to think, oh, it's just incompetence, but because that seemed that's a little bit better than them doing it on purpose. But uh, as we walk through this, the incompetence uh, rationale or explanation starts to fade because you it just couldn't be it can't explain all these things which collusion you know, does yeah it also you know I want to make something really clear too you know this is big I, you're familiar with it for your years you know, dealing with you know certain fringe elements of the truth movement is that you already look you don't need to create these people they're already there they want to do damage to the United States and Israel right so in other words you all you need to do is allow these people to basically either create a bomb or, or create a terrorist attack and then allow for those attacks to happen. Now, you can manipulate the plot. This is the idea of the intelligence services, right? Like the NSA, you know, they could hear phone calls. CIA, they're monitoring these people. They know where they're going, who they're meeting. And basically, they're basically allowing these people to, uh, you know, go about their lives and 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 plan this operation and basically take advantage. In other words, now before the operation, well, it's like, it's like the Whitmer kidnapping, right? It's twelve spooks and one dope, or the right. the Buffalo mass shooter who was on Discord with six people and two of them are former Feds, right? They encourage this stuff, right? Exactly, but they, they, it's one step away of manufacturing the event. But they don't so, need to do that. They just need to push them and push them lightly and then take advantage of they them. All, all they have to do is profile people and find someone that seems like a willing sucker and then help it along. Yeah. Right? Protect them from local law exactly. enforcement, which, you know, Converse and Amdox did. And, yeah, just make sure, you, you, oh, you need some money? We'll get you that. Oh, you need, it, you need to get from this state to that state? We'll give you a ride. <laughs> like Urban Movies, or not Urban Movies, Classic International, mm -hmm. Inc., but they found yeah. the notebook in their moving systems van to the other van, but whatever, you know, yeah. to uh, Alamari. Yeah, they, they assist these things. And so you don't need a CIA agent in with thermite grenades or any of the, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. The bar raising the giggle. You don't need there. Al Qaeda is real. And I understand why people would hate the United States after watching half a million Iraqi children starve to death. And exactly. I, I understand right. their grievances a hundred percent. The yeah. solution to that, however, is not murdering random civilians on an airplane and right. Right. or right. blowing up, you know, office buildings. But I get the grievance. I understand the attack on the Pentagon completely. That's a sure. That's the war department. That's what it used to be yeah. called. I get it. But you know, you, you, do, you hit the nail on the head. Look, you know, it's about form. It all ends up about foreign policy, U.S. foreign policy with two. two it was countries. not Islam. It wasn't seventy-two virgins. No, not, it was nothing right. like that. It, these attacks are always precipitated by the federal government saying, "Oh, they're Islamic attacks." No, they're not. Yes, they're Salafists. Yes, they're from the Wahhabi ideology. But they tell you why they're doing it. Mm. This is why you listen to people. I'm not telling you to basically empathize with Ramzi Youssef or Osama bin Laden. They're criminals. They're murderers. But they're telling you why they're doing it, why they're doing this. And if enough people listen and say, wait a minute, they probably have a point. What's going on with U.S. foreign policy? What, why, you know, with certain countries like Israel or Saudi Arabia, all right? Yeah, I it's try to stress to people. Yeah. Like, they're not crazy. I mean, think about it. If someone killed your kids and yeah. someone did this, to you, you'd lose it too. You know what I mean? Like that sure. That thing, you know, the judge that would come in and say, hey, well, if it's wrong to murder Palestinian civilians, and it is, then it's wrong to do that to New Yorkers too, right? Like they don't know what's going on. Um, but that doesn't, you know, when you're mad enough and you've seen enough death and torture and destruction the hate takes over, you know, but it's not because of the religion. It's because of the f reaction to the foreign policy. Exactly. Exactly. It's not racist or anti-Semitic to say so. And you might come across that. You probably have been called that for years. But the, I get both. You know, yeah. <laughs> I get, yeah, you know, I, I get probably, called probably, a Nazi yeah. and a Zionist and, and a conspirator. And, you know. I mean, look, you brought up the point, right? The, when the U.S. got attacked on 9-11, what was the first reaction of most Americans? Attack anybody? They didn't give it. Howard Stern. Yeah, was he wanted to nuke. On yeah, yeah, we want to nuke the Middle East. I mean, God's sake, Sam it was Harris, the glass was parking lot crowd, right? The Johnny. <laughs> God's with these people, right? Like that's yeah. the first response, you know. And I think Barbara Lee. They wanted uh, collective mass punishment of civilians, right? So like, how are they any better? Didn't care. But in fact, for the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan, there was only one dissident. It was Barbara Lee, uh, Georgia, who basically was vilified, called a racist because she was a black woman. And she was called a racist by her own Democratic uh, 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 associates and, and people at uh, well, that's her what own Democrats city. do. For <laughs> God's sakes. And, and she was right. She was right. She stood up and she knew that this would be a disaster in the long run. And look what happened. It was the longest war in U.S. history. And what did we do? We pulled out. And allowed the Taliban to control the country anyway. So and left a yeah, lot of very expensive toys behind. Yeah, <laughs> coincidentally enough, you know here. By you the know way, they were writing policy cool. papers like Afghan Vortex, for example, before nine eleven, and before any training, you know, about uh, essentially liberating the opium so they could have a large budget for black market or black ops. I mean, yeah. black market to finance black operations. That's how Because it, it couldn't go back to Vietnam. That's not going to happen. So, Opie, where's the next biggest pile? It's in Afghanistan. 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll just act like we're looking for Osama bin Laden for 20 years, including after he was already caught. Stay another, how many years? What, what year was he caught? 2000. Uh, 2000 well, he gets, he's killed in 2000. Obama's thing, whatever. Like, that That's how insignificant that is to me, because, like, he didn't mastermind all this stuff. <laughs> well, he, he look, that's the reason why he wasn't charged for 9-11, because it was Khalid Sheikh Mohammed who, you know, allegedly uh, mastermind. Now, look, uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is another different story, because Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, before he was captured, did an interview with an Al Jazeera reporter named Yosri Fuda, and it was held in Pakistan, and I've, I've interviewed Yosri Fuda's co-author of the book, which is based on this interview, and basically, Yosri Fuda went there blindfolded. He met Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and Ramzi bin Al-Sheib, and they told him that we did, you know, we planned 9-11 and stuff like this, and basically showed him maps and, you know, what why we did it in the first place. Wasn't anything about women's choice? No. We first should thing point said, out that's Ramzi Yusuf's uncle. Yeah, Ramzi Yusuf's uncle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by the way, why why they attack? First thing they said, uh, U.S. Uh, involvement with uh, Israel and Palestine. Mm -hmm. So these people and getting out of the holy lands of saudi arabia is another yeah right hey, look it's no secret this is the you want the conspiracy it's no secret that if we look into our disastrous foreign policy and we make the changes who is it going to hurt well it's, it's going to hurt the allies right saudi arabia israel well so we can't have that so we need to antagonize these groups and basically find out what they're doing and allow them to do it so this way the war and terror and investigations could continue on until the very end, you know. Now Bin Laden's dead. Ayman al Zawahiri's dead, and now the Cold War is back. You know, just. Well, I, I mean, they still financed uh, Daesh in Syria, and that's they still are in Afrin and Idlib. So yeah. that's not even finished. Although I, I don't think uh, <laughs> I think they're gonna have to take the L on that one. Assad just oh, met with. Oh, Syria! Uh, that's a big loss. That's a big loss. He just met with the president of Iran two days ago, and the foreign their foreign ambassador for Syria, I forget his name, but he went to uh, Saudi Arabia as well, first time in seven years. So yeah, they well Israel is worried that um, what they don't want is Syria to have a direct link to Lebanon, because that's Hezbollah, and we know what happened in two thousand six, right? So, Hezbollah beat the Israelis, yeah. Yeah, so. That's why they're going after these Shia countries. You know, it's funny. You know, uh, there's that Rafiq Hariri. Well, I'll skip that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's '93 for you. But then, you know, if you want to talk about even a bigger conspiracy, which is something that's you know underreported, it's the Israeli art student ring, right? I mean, mm -hmm. 